Welcome to Rising Moon Astrology. This is Mary Pat Lynch of Rising Moon Astrology welcoming you to my podcast. I release podcast episodes for each new and full moon, occasionally for other special astrological events, but generally the new and full moons, which are my focus. My website, risingmoonastrology.com, has information about the readings I offer as a consulting astrologer and some other information about my background and astrology in general. I'm also on Instagram as Rising Moon Astrology. And I have a newsletter if you'd like to receive this information in your email inbox. The music that you hear is composed and performed by flautist Suzanne Tang. The track is called September Angels, and her music is available through magnitudes.com. There's quite a bit going on in tomorrow's full moon in the sign of Aquarius, which contrasts the fixed fire of Leo with the fixed air of the Aquarian sign ruled by Saturn, anciently, and Uranus in modern times. And both Uranus and Saturn are important in this full moon chart, as is Mercury, Venus, and Jupiter. Plus Mars, who is training Jupiter, and really, as you can tell, just about everyone else. There is a lot going on this month, which begins on the first with one full moon and ends on the 30th with another, both supermoons, the two largest and brightest of the year, and lots of intensity in between. So buckle up. It could be a bumpy ride, but let's have some fun.
since it is just after midnight as I'm recording this, it's already technically Tuesday, the 1st of August, and the day of the full moon, which is a supermoon, the second largest this year, with the largest being the full moon in Pisces at the end of August, which will be a blue moon since it's the second full moon in the same month. The moon is closer to us. Her pull is stronger on the tides in our oceans and in our bodies. The sun at 9.15 Leo and moon at 9.15 Aquarius are in the first decans of their signs. These decans form an intriguing pair as both are personal expressions of where Leo and Aquarius begin. In the first decan of Leo, we figure out how we relate to the spotlight. Do we want to be in it? Do we prefer to avoid it? Whether we're ready to shine or not, the empty stage with its bright light is our focus. Questions of audience come up. Will we, and more importantly, our work, be loved or reviled? Can we bear rejection? And what about fame? Might that turn out to be more like a trap than a reward? Yet somewhere in our psyches, we long for our moment in the sun. The first decan of Aquarius bears the mark of exile, Austin Coppock's title for the first degrees of this sign. We've been rejected or perhaps have chosen to leave rather than face denial or pressures to conform. Aquarius, as fixed air, is strongly committed to and aligned with principles. Where Leo is all about personal, passionate, playful creativity, Aquarius is serious-minded. We're focused on achieving our well-planned and carefully plotted goals. The sun is strong in Leo, ready to shine brightly. The moon is less comfortable in Aquarius, a sign in which emotions are cool, detached, and often ignored. This polarity between the warmth and intensity of the spotlight and the clarities of choice and purpose that exile can bring is stark. Where are we along this dimension? Which side do we identify with more often? Which is a better match for our chart and our character? As with any full moon, we're meant to experience both. Perhaps find a new balance. The full moon squares Jupiter at 1345 Taurus, a T-square in fixed signs. Jupiter is the great benefic, a bringer of good things, pleasurable things. Jupiter makes this polarity between celebration and exclusion bigger. This is also the philosopher among planets, inviting us to explore what this means to us. The pre-Socratic philosopher Heraclitus said, change is the only constant. 
Much of his work and information about his life is lost, yet he's viewed as one of the foundational thinkers of Stoicism. The Stoics believe that our characters and our fates are largely fixed. So the best way to have a satisfying life is to accept what comes our way without complaint. They roll with the punches and say things like, it is what it is. This seems like a very fixed sign approach to life, and so well-suited to our full moon in a T-square with Jupiter the Sage. This feels especially true when Jupiter is in a sign-based conjunction and drawing closer to change agent Uranus, the modern ruler of Aquarius. Jupiter's relationship with Uranus is interesting right now. These two planets will dance closer together for the rest of the year without reaching conjunction. Yet each will be triggered in turn by all of the transiting inner planets. For example, Mars will form an exact trine to Jupiter 45 minutes before the full moon is exact. The Sun reaches their exact square with Jupiter on August 6th and with Uranus on August 15th. Mars will trine Uranus on August 16th, the day of the new moon in Leo. Venus squares Jupiter and Uranus several times during her retrograde period. Interestingly, Mercury will trine Jupiter on August 9th, but turns retrograde just before reaching the trine with Uranus, which therefore won't happen until later, when the retrograde is over. What do we make of this? Well, it was watching this particular dance between Jupiter, Uranus, and the inner planets that reminded me of the Heraclitus quote about the constancy of change. Jupiter and Uranus are up to something. They point to a time of intense and unexpected changes. I can feel it. Of course, these two are flanking my midheaven and opposing my Venus and Scorpio on my IC. I know something's going on, and I want to get to the bottom of it. Saturn and Mercury are involved here as well, directly related to this whole question of problem-solving. Saturn is the ancient ruler of Aquarius and therefore the ruler of the full moon. Yet we find Saturn in the watery, unfocused, mystical sign of Pisces, opposing Mercury, who is very strong and analytical, in their own sign of Virgo. A Saturn-Mercury opposition might lead us to expect feelings of stuckness and depression, as if our minds can't think through the fog. Yet this Mercury is in a much stronger position than Saturn is. So in the face of Saturnian delays and obstruction, we become tenacious researchers determined to find the answers we need. The Saturn-Mercury opposition is leaving a conjunction in opposition to my moon while forming a trine and sextile to my Saturn, so this feels personal for me as well. And here is my reminder 
to compare this full moon and every lunation with your birth chart. As you see in the examples I've shared, understanding the patterns helps us personalize key aspects and anticipate how they might show up in our lives. Let's not forget the Venus retrograde in Leo. Venus is newly retrograde, although her journey really began back in June, around the 19th, when she reached 12 Leo, which is the degree she's heading back to, where she will stop and turn direct. Venus is currently trining the asteroid Eris and the North Node, both in Aries. Connections that have us focused on what we most desire, North Node, and what the world needs from us, Eris. Here we have another way to consider the polarity of the full moon. What is the place of personal desire in a world that presents us with so many desperate challenges? Is there room for both following our bliss and helping our communities? I'm not a Stoic by personality, but I do appreciate the equanimity they say we should cultivate. We might criticize Stoicism as a philosophy that sees action as futile and encourages giving up, yet that's not the message. Instead, the equanimity of the Stoics is designed to help us keep going, step by step, when our best efforts somehow don't turn out the way we hoped, or when we face a world that looks so very different from the one we thought we'd be living in, in 2023. If we cast Jupiter in the role of philosopher, we might see that in the steady Taoist sign of Taurus, we're likely to find a Stoic. So Jupiter's challenge for us at this full moon is to experience the spotlight and the mark of exile as the same. Sure, the fame and acclaim that Leo craves looks a lot more fun than the loneliness of going it alone. But are they really? Maybe each side of this full moon has its own challenges as well as rewards. The other quote Heraclitus is known for is that we can't step into the same river twice, which is kind of like saying that change is the only constant, but reminds us it's not just the world, not just the river that changes. We change too. Some days we crave the attention that comes with being center stage. Some days we long for the quiet that being ignored can bring. In the tumultuous times ahead, we'll be well served if we can use the tenacity of Mercury to research and analyze. If we journey with Venus and explore our creative passions, and welcome whatever comes our way while maintaining a calm, balanced view. It's a solid goal for the month of August.
This is Mary Pat Lynch of Rising Moon Astrology, wishing you all the equanimity you need as we traverse a landscape with a bit more change in it than I think any of us might prefer. Hopefully, with Mercury's help, we can sort out some of the data and analyze it and figure out how to position ourselves to be as close to reaching our goals or at least to maintaining that calm state as we can be. As always, thank you for listening.